Josh, another rip-roaring episode of 115 Miles. We talked about all sorts of stuff, but we discovered that you would go back in the past, not the future, that you would keep shorts, not sliders. <laughs> Everyone will have to listen to understand what that's all about. Um, but more importantly, we talked about um, should we forgive Matt Hancock for all he's done just because he came third in the celebrity uh, jungle. What else did we talk about? We talked about that and uh, I'll leave it to, for the viewers to listen and decide whether we ended up forgiving him. We talked about what's going on in Iran and China um, and, and whether we can reach this kind of point where, where change is created. Uh, a, a fascinating conversation, um, uh, powerful and in typical 115 miles. I think we really pulled it apart in a way that perhaps not many people are doing. Hass, where should people come and join us? Come it? and find us at 115 Miles Pod on, on Instagram. Insta. Yeah, and we'll see you there. Enjoy this episode, and we'll see you very soon. <laughs> this is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different. But we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. Feels a bit more professional today, doesn't it? It does, mate. We're yeah. we're in the hot seat with the editor in situ today. Yeah. So, um, how how is your what, what day are we on today? Tuesday. Tuesday. How's your Tuesday morning? Guys? Well, it's not eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. To start. So yeah. I feel all right, mate. Uh, yeah. As a result of that, I feel yeah, good and lively. Seventy-five pound one way for a forty-eight minute train into London today. It's crazy. It's a joke mate i was just about to say on the train in i was thinking are we in like one of the worst times in society at the moment are we living through one of the worst times in society uh well yes i i would my answer would be yes and no right i think it's it's sometimes we say that in a bit of a knee-jerk way, way right and then we forget all of the amazing advances we've made with medicine and like uh criminality and the way that we can you know like when you watch murder documentaries from the 70s these it's an odd thing to pick well no but they you know because they they they, they would run riot wouldn't they because they'd never get caught because there was no dna and so like like, you don't, like billy the kid you don't get uh <laughs> yeah but you don't get uh you don't get um murderers who murder loads of people what do you call them serial killers serial killers and stuff like that anymore right so i think the world in that way is a lot safer. There's a lot more advances in medicine. There's a lot more things that would have killed you 30 years ago. But I do think that from a um, human perspective, a well-being perspective, I think we're in a really bad time. Yeah. Uh, arguably one of the worst times. And I don't know if we've had the conversation about it before. I know I was going to bring it once and maybe we've run out of time, but people have lived through world wars, right? So they would look and say, you've got it you got it fucking easy, right? But, or not but, and back then I think they had a lot more community. I don't think we have connection in that way. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think if, I'm talking really specifically around the last 12 months, but it just feels like with everything, feels like it's almost colliding at the same time. It's almost like all the different kinds of uh, tsunamis, earthquakes, uh, hurricanes, all that sort of start 
you know, starts coming at, at once. So, you know, whatever's going on in Ukraine, Russia, cost of living, uh, it's almost like capitalism was, it, we've been living in like decades of greed and capitalism and it's, yeah. all, it's all sort of coming home to roost. And actually we might come on to some of that a bit later. Yeah, and it does like, it feels like the world needs, you know when you think you, 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 your, your laptop starts playing up a little bit and you think, I haven't shut this thing down for yeah. ages. And you think, I'm just gonna shut it and you just what You think, I'm not even gonna try and all, I'm just Hard gonna reboot. shut it down and yeah. then you just watch everything close down. Yeah. Then when you open it back up, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, it's better. Yeah. I'm never gonna let it get like that yeah. again, right? Yeah. Yeah. It does feel a bit like that. Yeah, the world, yeah. nice analogy. Thanks, mate. I'm, you know I'm the analogy king. You just made that up. What, that I'm the analogy king? Yeah. Well, no, it's widely known. By who? Most people. Widely. Widely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't mean to start on the doom and gloom of the world, but uh, you know I'm glad we went there. Well, if the world is doom and gloom, and we're a topical debate podcast, then yeah, and, and we and and we sort of solved it in two minutes. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, as we always do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I wanted to ask you um, to dig deep into your history. I know you hate these ones, right? Yeah. But you know, like like those moments that really make you cringe when you think about them again. Like every time, it doesn't matter. Every time you think about that moment, it just makes you cringe. <laughs> right, yeah. Can you can you remember any like moments like that? Uh, what, like in my whole life in general? Yeah, just well, like- Obviously I was a raging alcoholic, so let's start okay. there. So there's a, few, <laughs> there's a few of them. Yeah. There's a few of them. Um, like you, it's like embarrassment cringe, right? Not like, you know, like when you just go, oh, that really happened. And every time I think about it, it makes me feel awkward. Uh, I've got a good one that I can come clean about. And I yeah. was talking about it yesterday to okay. somebody who I'm sort of mentoring. Um, you know, when I booked that event in Swindon? Yeah, and yeah. And I said to you, I would just start, I'd not long left my job, had I, right? I didn't really, I didn't have much of a following. And I was like... Yeah. Uh, and what had happened is I just started, not long started social media. So a lot of people that I went to school with were like, who I hadn't seen and stuff were coming, you know, and saying, oh, you're doing amazing stuff. It's amazing to see that you're doing well and all of that. And then I did this big event and I was like, I'll sell a hundred tickets for that easy. Do you remember I said to you? Yeah. hundred tickets easy. Cause just be people from Swindon I used to go to school with, they'll all be bang on it. Um, and uh, cool, I can feel myself getting hot talking about it. That's go on. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well then I booked it, didn't I? And yeah. I fucking like, Two weeks went past. I think I'd sold like two tickets or something like that. And then uh, I shut it down, didn't I? And I and I said, uh, I put out that there had been a mix up with the venue. Yeah. And uh, that the, the event would have to be rescheduled and just never rescheduled it. <laughs> They're like waiting. Like, where's Josh Conley? He said he was going to reschedule. <laughs> yeah, well, two like, people that bought a ticket. Yeah. yeah. They're waiting. Oh, mate, I feel so hot. Honestly, yeah. yeah that, that's not too bad. I mean, I, was, I, I think was, that's like, you're going, okay, I'm going to call it early. But like, it's not like a real cringe. Should I tell you my real cringe moment? Then, Every yeah. time I think about it, it still makes me cringe. So I used to work with someone who, um, we were really close colleagues, I thought, right? And then I stopped working at that place and hadn't seen him for a while. And then uh, I went, uh, I was walking around London one day, I see him, I say, oh, there's Mark. So then I, I was like going, okay, is this a hug or a shake or whatever? And I went with hug and he's a shaker. And we had that. Oh little, yeah, no, I've done this a lot. I yeah. went to like go for the hug. 
He went for the shake, uh, but I thought, well, I've committed now, so let me just keep going. And he just like, froze, oh, he did his hug back. And he was cold. There was no <laughs> hug back. And then I sort of lingered a bit too long, and then. And then it was like, we chatted and it was fine. But then I just kept thinking about it all day, thinking, oh man, that's just... Oh yeah, that's <laughs> bad. So that's that, just every time, no e e even now, just talking, it, bringing it up and yeah, just there's, really there's, makes me uh, cringe. There's one time I remember, out that this is going back a few years. I don't know if it was my wife. No, it's probably an ex-girlfriend maybe, right? And we, we were outside this club and all I can remember, Scott, this lad I, I used to know, uh, there was a big like group of people and because my it must have been my girlfriend or something they'd all never met her whoever right. it was yeah yeah so i introduced them all one by one yeah has this is my girlfriend you know dave this is my girlfriend john this is my girlfriend and went all the way along the line and the last one in the line was a bloke who i went to the gym with i didn't go to the gym he went to the same gym as me we saw each other every day yeah we spoke all of the time and i i didn't know his name <laughs> And I went, and I went, yeah, and this is Dave, and this is John. And then I pretended um, that I'd like got waylaid because I thought, shit, I don't know this last dude's name. Yeah. And Scott went, and who's the last one? Because he'd seen what happened. And he went, and who's the last one, Josh? Go on, introduce introduce the last person. And I I didn't know, I, I crumbled. I, I, I just crumbled and looked at the floor. Oh, mate, that, yeah, that makes me go. But he wouldn't drop it. He uh, kept going, who is it? Oh, brilliant. Introduce the last person, Josh, you see. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Scott. Oh, that, that's pretty. Can you remember his name? I want to say Ben. I think it's Ben. It's not Ben, though, is it? Don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can remember exactly what he looks like. But that's not very That's a pretty podcast. cringy moment. Yeah. Oh, I'm sweating. I don't normally sweat. <laughs> In your podcast. new... Uh, In my new Saw Doctors teacher. teacher. Who are the Saw Doctors for anyone The greatest that band of all time. 37. Uh, and I went to... 37. How old are you? 35? 36. Oh, 36, sorry. Yeah, I think I'm 36. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I might be 35. Okay. Mid-30s. 35 I am, I think, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how old I am. Yeah, Saw Doctors, mate. When I see them on Friday, we had VIPs, passes and stuff, and... I was like saying to you, do you know what's interesting? I was talking about this yesterday on uh, Breathing Space, uh, the the live that I did. Plug. Uh, it is a plug, yeah. But um, I was thinking every Saw Doctor song that played, right? I, I was thinking when I was there, am I getting carried away? Because like I remember this as being like a happy song come on. I was like, this is like one of the songs we always played when we were happy when we were younger. And then when a sad song come on, I was like, Talia, this is like one of the song that I used to play and cry to when I was a kid. And then I was thinking, I must just be getting carried away. But then when I thought about it, and I thought it's true because you didn't have MP3s and you didn't have sources of music in them days, did you, right? You had the radio and cassette. You used to record the top 40 maybe yeah. off the, on the Sunday when it was on, yeah? Yeah. Um, but so as a young kid who wasn't out buying my own music, all I had was my mum and stepdad's CD collection and I didn't really like anything in there or there was very few things that I liked so you had a very limited amount of music that you could listen to and so like Saw Doctors were literally the soundtrack of a lot of my childhood because it was all the music that I had yeah yeah no I think uh we didn't have a lot of music when we were growing up I only had like a few things of my sister's Thriller yeah uh Bad a few years later yeah and then for some reason there was a lot of Simply Red in the house <laughs> From the stars. <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah. We had the Simply Red yeah. album in the house, yeah. But, like, you forget. I mean, like, the 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 in, invention of the MP3, right? The introduction of music in the way and streaming. Totally the way tra it is now. transformed yeah. our lives. 
Because do you remember just before Spotify as well, there was the the, the illegal downloading. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, was Spotify born out of that? I don't think so. One of them was born, one of them used to be illegal. It was Napster, innit? Was it? Yeah, and then yeah. it turned legal and started yeah. doing it legal. And I guess yeah. that's how it all turned out. made over. all this money from the illegal part of it. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, it, Josh, if you had a time machine yeah. and you could only make one return journey, would you go into the future or would you go into the past? I wouldn't go in the future. No, I wouldn't go into the future. I'd go to the past, yeah. You can ask me where I'd go. Yeah, why not? Uh, honestly, probably Valve Sound when I was about 17. Drum and bass night. <laughs> Drugged off of my face. <laughs> With no, honestly, with like, because there was no real consequences in my life. I didn't yeah. have kids. Like, yeah. you got to remember, but eighteen kids. I had a daughter at eighteen, so like, yeah. responsibility, consequences, everything. Yeah. Seventeen, you know, like everything was working. Drinks and drugs was working. Doing what I needed to do. To do. Life was good, man. <laughs> I can't believe you. What's it called? Valve Sound. Valve Sound. Brunel Rooms in Swindon was one of the only nightclubs in the country. Was it named after Brunel? What? Like the famous person, Brunel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Uh, was he from Swindon? Yeah, like every good thing. Actually, I think he's like Bristol or something. Oh, but we've Bristol, got Brunel yeah. Rooms and then we've got the Brunel Shopping Centre. Uh, yeah, my kids all learn about him at school. Oh, okay. I Islington, Brunel or something. Don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, Valve Sound, mate. The only, Brunel was the only place that could have this sound system, one of three that could have this sound system in indoors. It was mainly for outdoors. And it was like, you know, it started at 10, it'd go on till five in the morning, you'd come out when it was Mate. like Skibbity, Shabbity, Andy C. Oh man. And like- Hype. Know, hype, yes, mate. And and uh, Fearless, Debt. I was listening to Debt the other day on the treadmill. How times have changed. There's a lot of people that will be like, yeah, like reminiscing on yeah, listening yeah, to yeah. this. And, and then like, there's a lot of people were going, who the hell is who Josh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Josh yeah. But Bruno about. was big like that, mate. Like, um, Grime, like, we used to come there all the time, you know? We used to get, like, before they were big, uh, Dizzy Rascal, Lethal B, Wiley. They used to just come and they'd be bowling about in there. You're just getting really excited just thinking about I, I can am, see just man. Yeah. I but am. I really Good feel day. like you wasted your 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 time machine, if I'm really honest. Well, where would you go then? Fucking beat Valve Sound I'd, circa two thousand and five. I'd do what Biff did in Back to the Future too and go into the future. Would you go get the future? get to the sport get the sports almanac and then just <laughs> bet <laughs> bet on all the win fun things that won and just get like I'd be so rich I wouldn't talk to you anymore. Life's not all about money, mate. And if you did, then I'd just hate you because you'd be a billionaire. I, I could live with your hate <laughs> <laughs> when I'm a billionaire. All right. You can't mess up the future, man. It's a dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. Alternate reality. I'll take it on, mate. I'll take it on. I'll just do a little, well, you go be a do a little lottery win. You go be a billionaire. If I went back to Valve Sound now, yeah, with the minds that I've got on now, I'd probably I'd be buy a billionaire. Val. I'd, I'd probably buy, be a billionaire I, I, by I, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say no more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we shall say no more. Um... Now, I know you really well, so I'm going to ask this question, but you're going to have to give the context to the li listeners. If you had to lose one thing for the rest of your life, would it be your sliders or your shorts? What do you mean? What? So I'd have to walk around without them? You just, you can't have the comfort of one of them for the rest of your life. Your sliders or your shorts? 
Uh, you said I have to give context to this. Should I know more about why you're well, I just, I just think, I just always thought you walk around in sliders and shorts at home. I do, mate. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Okay. There's yeah. the context. That's why it's such a hard question for me. I would lose my... I would... I would... Oh, it's hard, man. I would lose... I'll tell you what, I'd lose my sliders. Oh, easy. Come on, tell me why. I was going to say that I would happily just walk around in my sliders and my pants when I'm at home. But your pants haven't got pockets. You need pockets, man. For my phone and that. Yeah. So uh, I would probably lose my sliders. Yeah. And just, just shorts. But like, if I could live in a world where I just went everywhere in just my shorts, I would be happy. The people would be happy. <laughs> the People's Republic of Josh Connolly. Very good. good question. Yeah. Very good question. All right. Emotional check-in, our famous emotional check-in. It has become famous. Yeah, infamous. Yeah. infamous. Mm. Uh, I want to do it slightly differently today because I think um, I just want you to think about it differently. I want I want you to think about the yin and the yang, the yin and the yang. Okay. Okay. So, what's your sort of if you're feeling one thing, what's almost the opposing force, you know, that you might be feeling? Does that make sense? So the idea is that we don't necessarily have to hold one thing that is true. Yeah, okay. So, you know, so that's what I'm trying to say. So if you are sort of feeling one thing and another thing, the yin and the yang. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, you go first. Okay, good. Look, the first answer that comes into my head is um, I feel really excited already looking into 2023 and the plans for what I want to do with the work that I do and everything like that, right? But the undertone of that is driven by fear that I've created something that feels very special to me in my life from lots of different aspects. And so the excitement of going again next year, can I do it again? Can I improve in the way that I do? Can I grow what I want to grow in the way that I do? The undertone of that is driven by fear that I won't. And I do notice in myself that you know, sometimes my drive, what we call drive, my excitement, my belief that I can do amazing next year is, is or exists because I'm terrified of it not. Yeah. So there's two very opposing things, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I could almost carbon copy that for myself. Yeah, you know, we're in like, very similar stages, aren't we? Yeah, like I definitely feel some of that. I think um, for me, um, Oh, no, before I go into me, like, how do you manage that? How do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? How, um, is one just stronger than the other? And that's what's keeping you going? No. No. It's the fear of the fear. If I slow down and don't focus on thinking, right, let's just keep jumping, keep going, keep building. Yeah. If I slow down, then I'm left with just the fear of it not happening. Do you know how I know that about you at the moment is... When when we see each other and we've got a short space of time, it's almost like you go, right, I'm going to tell us this. Doom, doom, doing yeah. this, 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 yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, like, and I, I, and I, I don't mind it because we've known each other a long time. It's just, I know that's like, you're just yeah. on it and, on and it, that's yeah. your energy right now. Yeah, and look, I say to people all the time, you know, like, when everything's just as I want it to be, in my life, when I look back over my life in general, when things are just as they're supposed to be, that's when I get most anxious and most Yeah, 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 there. yeah. And in the past, what I've done is blown my life to bits off the back of that because I can't deal with the anxiety that comes with 
feeling like everything's just as it should be, right? So let me blow my life to bits and get busy building it again, Yeah. right? Whereas, and then so what I've done, what I do in my life today, and people say, how have you got over that? How did you stop that? I say, well, instead of blowing my life to bits now, I have a, 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 like a core belief that I can make it even better. Do you know what I mean? So I don't yeah. need to blow it to bits. Let me get busy trying to make yeah, it even better. Yeah, nice. And like, look, how healthy is that? And how much of that is sort of unhealthy? I don't know. Like, I don't know, but it works. Better than blowing shit up and exactly, you know, like definitely better yeah, than that. It is, like yeah, it's almost yeah. like going, okay, what what can I do differently and how can I improve this? How can I get better? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, perpetual development and growth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And look, sometimes it's obsessive, but this goes back to what we've talked about in the past. You know, when some of these big kind of uh, business people say, you know, don't let if it's cost your mental health and all that stuff, it's not worth it. All that kind of chat, and I sort of say, well, actually, it's not really true. Like, it's. Le leans into your question, right? Which is that we can feel and be with loads of different things at once. And it's like, it's amazing because it does really well for me and it makes me feel good about myself. It's probably driven by a, 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 a lack of love for myself and a lack, and a lack yeah. of ability to be with myself. So all of those things are true. Um, but I'm in a good place as a yeah, result of it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I would say, um, for me, I, I feel really tired. Mm. Uh, like m mentally pretty tired coming into the end of the years. A lot been going on. Uh, we talked about it a fair bit on the podcast. Um, and then the other part of me, this kind of the opposite of that is my resilience seems to be kicking into overdrive, right? So mm. for me, I know you talk a lot about resilience. And for me, um, it's not even doing the work that you do. It's almost like what whatever like my autopilot is. I'm on I'm on autopilot, but with that, I've got a lot of energy. Yeah. And part of that is down to the fact that I'm taking more, um, paying more attention to my health. Yeah. What I'm eating and you know sleeping better and things like that. So that's really helping. But I know that I'm just like I've got to keep showing up. So I've I've gone through periods where I've been I felt quite lost about what to do. Mm -hmm so I can just procrastinate like crazy. Whereas now I've, I, I'm really clear on what I need to be focusing on what I'm doing and I've got a real, f you know, a, a focus. The problem is that I'm probably taking too much on yeah, and not delivering across everything. And I sort of had a bit of a chat with a few of the team a couple of weeks ago, which I realized that actually I, in order for me to really thrive, I actually need to start saying no to some things now. Yeah. Which is what I started to do this week, just started to kind of hand things off so that's really helpful but so i think the tiredness is something that i'm just looking forward to addressing when we get to like christmas in a, in a few weeks yeah but i'm also enjoying the, the resilient part as well i'm enjoying just being productive and and getting stuff done yeah and it's interesting i think if you look back over the conversations that we've had over the last couple of years on the podcast i bet if you amalgamated them all together we're saying the same thing very regularly yeah uh, and again, I do think in the end, you start to understand that this is kind of like the dance of life. That it's not that you like figure something out and then never go back there and, you know, mess up or don't overwork or don't be on your limit and don't be needing resilience. It's more that actually you get to these places and you start to think, I know what this is, I know where I am and I know the direction and that's okay. Do you know what I mean? You just yeah. get more and more aware. Um, uh, the awareness doesn't always necessarily mean that we just become this better, well-oiled machine because we're not machines, we're humans. Or are we? 
<laughs> All right, cool. So, um, this next segment, thank you for that, by the way. It was a good check in today. It was good, yeah. yeah. Um, Very good question, by the way, the way that you framed it. Cheers, man. Yeah. Um, the next segment is called All is Forgiven and Forgotten. <laughs> Matt Hancock. Yeah. Remember that guy? Just I'll take a it. second to remember your feelings around Matt Hancock. It's going to be important. So he was reportedly paid 400000 or so. He'll make more money through you know, books and interviews and stuff like that coming out of it. Probably make about a million or so, maybe, just by going into the jungle. Everyone thought probably that he was going to get, you know, absolutely uh, blasted by the public. He was going to get pulled apart. Um, but actually, he came third. He got to the final. Yeah. And uh, it's seemingly the public have, you know, forgiven. Do you, you watch know? it? I don't really know. I've seen bits of it. Like a genuine question. I tried to Google it to find out, but I couldn't really find out. And I don't know if it's like... Um the ecosystem, what's it, the echo chamber that I'm on. Like I went on Twitter and tried to look at it a bit. Everyone just hates him on there. Yeah. So uh, like I know they get him to eat bollocks and stuff like that. Like how did he make it to the last three? Cause people just, were they getting him to do loads of crazy shit? He was, but he was taking it in his stride. It's almost like he zoned out and just kind of did it. And like, he just, he did it, he did it all. And like, yeah. so w when you want, like you've seen someone like, I don't know, whoever like that butler was at Princess Diana's butler who absolutely freaked out. And this real comedy, yeah. you thought you were going to get real comedy. Yeah. That he was going to freak out, but he was just cool as a cucumber, which I think says something about the way he was a politician. You know? Yeah, what you mean a politician that could just completely dehumanize himself and uh, completely, yeah. Think, right, yeah. there's a, there's a money pot so, at the yeah. end of this. So, so yeah. yeah, it was funny. He, ate kangaroo penis and and balls and he had to do all these horrible things and he got an opportunity to um to you know to say he how sorry he was and you know he said he was sorry so many times he just wanted to be forgiven. sorry for what just he was sorry for the for the way that um uh people were impacted by covid so i don't know even know if it was a direct um, as, like i said i didn't watch it so but i don't know if it was a direct apology maybe an apology for some of the things he did he certainly apologized for breaking covid rules the ones that he was enforcing when he had his affair and he got caught but he's saying he's saying sorry he's he's acted sorry he was repentant right and he even shed a tear and just asked for forgiveness yeah and the people in the camp sort of kind of commended him for it and i just thought oh. yeah. and that just seems to act as an echo chamber for what was going on so maybe he was kept inferred to keep keep him doing those things. But quite early on, people could see that actually he wasn't phased by it. He was just taking it in his stride. So in the end, it was like, well, they kicked out other people, you know, instead of him. I'm glad he didn't win. But while this was all happening, let's just remember that, yeah, he was the, the person that was health secretary that was in charge of enforcing things like COVID rules and restrictions. That was keeping families away from each other, keeping you away from funerals, keeping you away from seeing people that you love yeah. die in hospitals and in nursing homes and all that sort of stuff. Um, well, he sent them to the nursing homes untested to die. Yeah. 40,000. 40,000 to die exactly. in, in, in care homes, yeah. Exactly. Thank you for you, uh, reading my facts upside down on my... Uh, no, I didn't. No, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I'm joking. Um, <clears throat> let's not also forget that he handed out, you know, millions of pounds worth of 
to uh, PPE mate. contracts to his mates. Yeah. Without and some of it was ended up being really faulty. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Can't be used. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so should we forgive him? No. Not remotely. Why not? Because if I killed 40,000 people in care homes, I wouldn't go into a jungle in Australia and eat kangaroo dick as a way of saying I'm sorry. Yeah. I'd go and fucking... But it's worked. It's, it's, it seemingly, it's worked. Well, has he, it? He's played the system. Has oh, it? A little bit, yeah. I don't think it has. I think, I think he, he's <laughs> played the system in that... He, look, but let's just be clear. And his missus are fucking like multi-billionaire as well. By the way. So Who? a million pounds, nothing to him. Who? His, his new missus. I don't know that. Yeah, she got a lot know. of wonga, I think. So, okay. so he, he, he don't he's care not about... Short, he's not short on money. He's not worried about the money. He made millions off of COVID as well. Yeah, I don't think it's about the money. So, so look, who does... Who, who, what does he really need to repent? Killing 40,000 people. Him being in the jungle, I'd love to speak to any one of the people who lost somebody in the care home as a result of his actions and ask him if they forgive him as a result mm. of what he's done. Yeah. So I don't really give a... Rat's ass that he came third. He ate I don't, a rat's ass. Uh, yeah, I hope he did. <laughs> um, I don't care. Um, um, we've talked about apologies lo loads of times. We had the infamous Joe Rogan debate, right? Um, and, well, let's use the Joe Rogan one. If Joe Rogan's way of apologizing for the things that he did was to go on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here, and eat kangaroo dick and come third, I wouldn't forgive him either. Because sorry, sorry is an action. You, you did say that on the podcast. And actually, let me, I pulled up the, the quote. I, I quoted you, right? Good. From that quote podcast, me. all right? Quote and I'm, I'm, I'm just, um, you said, right? And this is not about what you said. This is about subjectivity and yeah. how we view people, yeah, right? Yeah. But you said, we were having a bit of a heated discussion, shall we say? Yeah. And you said, he said sorry already. Yeah. He's acted sorry. By the ways in which he's played out, he's changed his behaviour. Yeah. So so far, similar, right? No. Hold on, hold it's on. It's not similar, but we'll go back over them. Okay. Read them out and then we'll go back. He, over them. he doesn't do it anymore. He he realises it's wrong and changes behaviour. Yeah. And then we and then we go into what do we want people to do? Do we want me to do we want to keep punishing them? Yeah. And like every time you make a mistake, if you work in the public eye, do you need to come out and publicly apologise every time? Yeah. Or do we want them to change their behavior? Or do we want both? Okay? So okay. that's what you said. Yeah. By all accounts, we we don't like him, right? Let's just get mm -hmm. that. We both yeah, jointly yeah, yeah. don't like Matt yeah, Hancock, right? And, yeah. we, and we don't like yeah. what he's done. But by all accounts, he's doing the same things, but it's subjective. What's he doing? Tell me how he's doing the same thing. He said sorry. Yeah. He is... Uh, uh, he's not in. He's not in a position to be able to kind of influence health uh, in the way that he was bollocks. before. Absolute bollocks. Do you reckon? Yeah. He's not in the role anymore. He could go and volunteer in a care home tomorrow. He fucking took four weeks to go out in the jungle. Yeah. So Joe Rogan, when we said changed his behaviour, he removed anything where he used that word. True. Removed it all. Yeah. And and vowed to never use it again. That's a clear change of behaviour. Yeah. Yeah. He apologised, and then it was the COVID stuff. So he said, you know, I'll stay on and you can fact check it all and you can put stuff on that. Changed his behavior. Yeah. If Joe Rogan, because we're comparing the two, if his change of behavior was to leave all of that stuff up and go in, I'm a celebrity. So 
Matt Hancock hasn't remotely changed his behaviour. He's doing exactly the same thing as he's always done, yeah. which is pull the fucking wool over the eyes of the yeah. general public yeah. so that he can get away with essentially murdering Hood, 40,000 Hood, people. Hoodwinking. Yeah. So, yeah. so so, he hasn't remotely changed his behaviour. Yes, he said sorry, and he'll, he can keep saying it. And so he fucking should until he actually does something about it. And it's at the, the moment, actions. And at the moment yeah. he hasn't, yeah. And yeah. I don't care about him having an affair. I think yeah. life's complicated. Yeah. I don't know what his relationship yeah. is. His ex-wife might have been a nightmare and really, you know, like whatever. It could have been abusive for all I know. Maybe. Right? And he might have had to escape. So I don't care. I don't particularly care that he broke the COVID rules because I think when you look back at them, I think everybody realizes now that they're stupid, but we don't want to admit it because then, you know, it's very hard to admit that we were all sort of mugged off in that way. Uh, but the, the care home stuff, and the fact that he was lobbying. So do you think now Matt Hancock's gone in the jungle and doesn't have any of his finger is, fingers in these dirty pies anymore? Oh, of course he does. Well, exactly. So he hasn't remotely changed his behavior. No. He's doing what he's, he's continuing to do the same thing that he's always done, which is go on TV. Remember he went on TV and cried when the first vaccine yeah. was administered. Stephen Bartlett. Yeah. Yeah, don't he forget went he went Stephen. on there. Yeah, that was yeah. after, like, yeah. and he was a prick when he was on there yeah. in the end. But, but it's he, all been part of a rehabilitation. Exactly. Campaign. He but 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 when he was still in <laughs> charge and he cried on telly, and everybody was like, oh, you know, like so he's got history. So he's doing exactly the same thing. His behaviour hasn't remotely changed. Uh, and he's just doubling down on what he's always done, which is try and change the public. But people, are, but people are falling for it. Like you're not, and a lot um, of people are, uh, are. You're saying on Twitter aren't, but it's the fact that he got third. The fact that he got the platform. Yeah. The fact that even like people like Boy George and whoever else was in there going, oh, fair enough, yeah, oh, well, you know, they gave him a pat on the back when he was like emotional. Yeah. And the problem is that that really amplifies. So even <clears throat> the thing about like in, in the jungle, they got no other outside sources. So they just get quite insular, right? Yeah. But then they're on TV yeah. and that's getting broadcast to, you know, countries around the world, but particularly in the UK. And that's just amplifying. So then people going, oh, maybe, maybe that's, Maybe that's true. And that's what's happening. So there's a term called jungle washing, where people just go into the uh, celebrity jungle and they kind of go and, you know, wash their personality up and, and you know. Yeah, and like, in, look, in a way, I don't, I don't even mind doing that. That's what TV is nowadays, right? Like that, like reality TV, pe people can put on, you know, you go in, you put on an act, you make a certain perception of yourself, play the system. Like, I sort of don't really care, but... What I would say is that this isn't new, politician. The Conservatives have been in charge for 12 years and it's been a fucking disaster the whole time. Like, if you... So we, we are supposed to have instructed... Well, we have instructed the Conservatives to be in charge for the last, what, 12 years, 13 years? Yeah. If I instructed somebody to look after my dog for 12 years, right, and the company that I bought in sacked the leader... I don't know, about four or five times. One of them was in for two days and then they got a new one. I'd get a fucking new dog sitter. Dog company. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they, they yeah, are... Yeah, but we're, we're, we're held to ransom, aren't we? They're because the masters. We can't change it, yeah. And they're the masters of doing it. Yeah. And they're the masters of making people think that they're the... Um, the for the working people. And then, look, when you look at how power works nowadays and you look at the way that we're fed information through the media... Like, most people out there still think that the country's a shit show because of immigration. Like, it's mental. Yeah. That people, that people can look at what happened with COVID 
and look back over and 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 so much of it i think is because when you've been so mugged off it's very hard to look back and go god yeah we were mugged off i i mean i read a book on it on on how we're sort of wired to sweep our, our mistakes up and and what's that what what was that the madness of crowds that no, one it's oh. called mistakes were made but not by us ah yeah you talked about that i've before. talked about it in the past when i was reading it yeah. yeah but that's about how we don't like it it's uncomfortable to look back and go yeah man that was really bad well it's funny like we're about to go into another segment actually um um and it was around uh i was doing some research around china's response to covid and, yeah. and actually um, they, they have this zero COVID policy, so they've basically tried to crack it down. And they didn't import any vaccination, so they've, yeah. but they, it's widely considered to be less effective than some of the other vaccinations. And yeah. I appreciate I'm potentially getting to hot, uh, hot, hot water here with you on this stuff. But, um, but part of the reason that they won't do it now, this is what it's perceived, is that they want to they lose face. They want to go yeah. back and say, oh, we made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah allow that to happen on the world stage and it's like well we'll just carry on with we we'll just carry on with this lie with yeah this so fallacy. we'll play politics play, with, with yeah. it right which is what yeah which is what happens and let's like are we going on to yeah yeah, we, yeah yeah so 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 matt hancock should not be forgiven until he changes his actions if he changes his actions if he went into nursing homes if he genuinely looked like he was repenting would you forgive him then yeah, I'd still think he's a dick, yeah. but like at least... But you'd be open to forgiving him? Uh, I don't know if he, if he should ever be forgiven necessarily. Uh, we're talking about the deaths of a lot of people. 40,000 at least. Yeah. yeah. But if he really wants to make... Maybe everyone should have the chance of forgiveness. You know, I, th I, think that's the f I think that bit gets underwritten or overlooked. Like they focus a lot on the PPE stuff, and actually, that, well, that ain't a fucking accident, is it? Actually, of course they focus, not. Of course they focus mainly on the yeah. affair. Well, that's true. Well, so would Even I. More. So yeah. would I if that yeah. was like if and the that's three what he, things and that's that what I he done, talked about because his get out is, oh, I fell in love. Yeah, and I've heard him say a million yeah. times. Which, by the way, which, by the way, like, uh, I'm not totally adverse to. Yeah, because I don't know his relationship status and what not status. No, I know you know said that. That's fine. So, so, so all that. Yeah, no but, judgment there. That's fine. Do yeah. what you like. Like yeah, yeah. two consenting adults. But when that becomes the narrative and the story, that's much easier to defend against because you sort of say, "Oh well, it was my heart that you know that that led me." Yeah. And actually, you stop talking about the fact that he's made millions and he uh, fast tracked and you know put uh, put companies into the fast lane. They made millions and all at the cost of us. They put. Uh, you know, things that we couldn't use. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that had to be incinerated, you know. And, and then we, we don't talk about that. And I think people probably get blinded by the emotion of it all, right? I didn't watch it. So he might have come across as, you know, you might have seen the human in him, right? And I, you know, in my head, I've dehumanized him so I can call him whatever the hell I want, right? Um, did you watch that Netflix series on the... Uh, <laughs> this is a weird link. Uh, you know that serial killer? Dharma. Dharma. No, Did I you watch it? it yet. No. So like when you watch the whole of that, you realize that this bloke was awful and he was killing people and the things that he'd done was awful. But you get a sense by the end of it that you almost feel sorry for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so the two can sort of coexist because you, you, you get to see the human behind him. Right. And you start to realize it's almost not his fault that he's like that. Right. But that's not the society that we live in. Hmm. You know, and maybe if I'd have watched I'm a Celebrity, I might have seen the human behind it and then I would have quickly reminded myself what he did and thought 
I'm not here to have sympathy yeah. for somebody that's done. I that. think it's a, same I, as same as Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. yeah, you know every. So Matt Hancock is the same as Jeffrey Dahmer. Exactly the same. All right, moving, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <clears throat> it's Jeffrey Dahmer, is it? It is Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. Yeah, and they are very similar. Yeah, uh, they look the same as well. Not remotely. No. Okay. <laughs> so the next section is called "Everything Cracks Under Extreme Pressure." Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so we've had protests in Iran for almost two months, right? Mm-hmm. And that was after a 22-year-old woman was arrested by morality police. She was um, beaten over the head and suffered what we think is a cardiac arrest. And then the pictures of her in a coma um, and then her subsequent funeral kind of led to um, women ripping their headscarves off in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this sort of swelled through the swelled through the country in terms of protests and I think we even saw um, you know calls for the state to be overthrown and I think the Iranian men's football club at the World Cup refused to sing the national anthem so it's kind of hit on the world stage now um, the reason I mention that is you know um, uh, there are certain countries in the world where there's a very authoritarian kind of uh, 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 approach to ruling. Our country is getting increasingly more like that as well, but in a different way. Um, And then more recently, we just touched upon it earlier. Um, In in China, there are mass uh, protests happening at the moment because uh, uh, people are uh, protesting against uh, the zero COVID policy, which is mass testing, snap lockdowns, people just kind of living in this perpetual state of kind of fear and uh, uh, kind of autocratic rule. Um, police now are out in force. I mean, uh, you know, they are protesting in a fairly um, uh, 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 unprecedented way yeah so for the last 10 years they haven't really seen anything like this level of civil disobedience in china police are now cracking down in force so my question right at the beginning was does everything crack under extreme pressure because those countries are so um they're uh, ruled those two particular examples i've given and there are many others have ruled with a very very strong iron fist Mm. Uh, and and normally the society just kind of falls into line around it, but it has been so stretched yeah. that it's now cracking. And so what tends to happen is there's an uprising for a while. You then have kind of the, the you know the power the forces kind of constrict the power kind of comes back in. Um, they contain right, and this might take a period of time, and then things just kind of settle back over a period of time, and that usually works. But when we were talking up front about do we think we're in a different period of time, like what happens if that normal process doesn't work? Mm. Um, so the you know the, those in power will try and just become more powerful. But what like it's, I think there's a moment where it might just subside or it might just break through, and I'm just curious about what you think. Mate, there's so many, there's so many like layers to it. Like with the Iran thing. Um, like you would hope that especially like with the men's team and that they like seem like they're on board with it. You'd hope that that would start to create some sort of meaningful change in there, right? I think, by the way, it should be one of the biggest news stories out there, right? Um, And that to me does, that feels very revolutionary, you know? 
that the, the moment with the young lady that, that died of a heart attack and then the fact that these women are now, um, you know, protesting in the way that they are. I noticed that young people in schools are joining in, right? It yeah. feels like reminiscent of like, I don't know, forget the lady's name, but who refused to get off of the bus, Rosa right? Parks, yeah. yeah, so it feels very, that to me feels very much um, like it could be a big moment, yeah, and could create proper change and, and, and the people that deserve some power will take some power back. The China one, um, doesn't feel too dissimilar to me to what to the UK. So I, I, I sort of think that um, that doesn't feel as revolutionary. I, as I, I'm, I'm focusing less on the specific situations and more on kind of a, a, the breaking point, right? When you get to a breaking point, because you sort of, um, you know, you, you, you live under a certain rule and that you just kind of get on with it. And then there comes a point where you don't, and and you can even liken that to us, right? So yeah. we all lived on, and that's why the Matt Hancock thing, um, him breaking it is is the issue. It's not about whether it was the right thing or not. We all probably look back at it and go, well, a lot of it was total bullshit. And we can not. I don't want to speak for the whole, you know, nation, but I can look back on it. You can. I know you look back on it and you go, <laughs> and you go this was all bullshit. And. And it's it, and I think it's it's the feeling of being mugged off. It's the feeling of going, you know what, we were doing this and you basically you were the one that was in charge of doing it. Yeah. And it was that feeling that started to break it. And I think um, where we're seeing it now is everyone's kind of just fallen in. The to the Tory part have been a rule for, you know, 12, 13 years. Yeah, and they could still potentially win the next one. And they might still win the next one. Yeah. Um, and so the point is, is that people have just gone, okay, well, it's, you know, it's, it's to do with Brexit, it's to do with the Ukrainian war, it's to, it's every other reason other than the people that have been in charge. Yeah. And then I think just the last, you know, the last few months with Liz Truss and Quasi Karting and just all of that happening, it's almost like we are like, fucking hell, this is, you know, people are in, actually in poverty. And even if you aren't seeing it yourself, you're seeing it around you, right? Yeah. And so we're sort of reaching that sort of breaking point. But the point, I'm I'm less interested in the situations and more yeah, like, yeah. like Look, is there a point of no return where people just go, right, the dam's burst now? No, not necessarily. And I think that's because one of the problems I think that's happened is because is is the uh, the disconnect between power now, as in like you've got that real like part of society that's like got so much power it's unreal and they hold most of the power, and then there's the rest of us. There's no longer we've talked about it in the past. I mean, there's no longer this sort of ladder of class where you mm. can move up and become mm. one of the rich and powerful. The rich and powerful now have control and so much power sort of almost globally, yeah, or over a lot of the world, that there's then just the rest of us and we're left feeling very powerless. And I think what happens is, is because as humans, we're comfort seekers, mm -hmm. when we reach that breaking point, um, you know, it's like how people stay in relationships that they, they don't want to be in. They'll have a big argument and they'll think, this is it, this is it, we're gonna, it's gonna end, it's gonna be over. And then they don't because it would mean selling the house and sorting the kids. And then so they have the big argument. They think it's the moment they go, maybe stay somewhere else. 
and then after a couple of days when the heightened emotion has settled down, they go back to seeking comfort and you go back and you just think, well, this is just the way that it is. And, and, and I think you see that. This is the problem. You see that play out with all of the things from, from Black Lives Matter um, to, to even what's gone on with the conservatives of late now, right? It's sort of, that's all settled down, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. Like Rishi yeah. Sunak is he's in. Very res he's respectable now. He's, he's sort of, speaking yeah, on the world stage. wears a lot of savars, yeah. dresses nice. But it's almost that stuff in the past is sort of in the past now. Well, that's what they want you to believe, right? Well, exactly, yeah. But 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 we do we we all, myself included, right? All of us have a tendency to just go, well, it's all right now. That's why everyone gets really pissed off with me when I talk about COVID, because I won't let it go. Because people are like, people are really just like, let it go now. It's nice now. Yeah, I mean, they proper mugged us off and, you know, we've got this whole generation of COVID kids and we've done nothing to give them extra support. But, you know, I can sort of forget about that because I'm back to my day to day and everything's all right. So let's just forget about it. Yeah. And it's comfortable. Yeah. So that's the problem you've got. So that's why I say when I look at like the Iran situation, um, it's almost like they, they there is no level of comfort for them to go back to now. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh I don't know the situation well enough, but 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 from the outside looking in, it feels like, you know, we're not going back there. It's never been comfortable and it won't be comfortable. There's no comfort necessarily to seek there. Yeah, but I wonder if the people of Afghanistan thought that, you know, like when, uh, when like they were quote unquote liberated from the Taliban only to have the US and the UK and everyone yeah. part of Afghanistan and the Taliban are in rule again. You well, know? you know, I thought it was really interesting to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but, um, you know, uh, 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 an English journalist asked the Iranian manager how he feels about what's going on in Iran and the, the lost lives of people like that. And uh, Gareth Southgate, when we played Iran, have you seen this? No. An Iranian uh, journalist asked Gareth Southgate, based on the fact that your journalist asked our manager about that, yeah. I thought it'd be nice for me to ask you what you think about all the innocent lives lost in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. Wow. And Gareth Southgate said, yeah. well, he can't comment. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. You know, I do think there is this, this is a slight tangent, but we're very good at pointing and looking at how oh, disasters about every yeah, other yeah. country is, yeah. you know what I mean? And, we've and talked like, about we're, a, yeah. we're a disgrace here yeah. in many ways, you yeah. know, but we're, we're very good. And I think that happens, right? Very good at turning a blind eye and just being comfortable and thinking, no, I'm all right, rather than seeking the truth. And seeking the truth is a horrible, well, it's, horrible it's, task. It, what, happens, what happens is um, it's, the, it's the fear of, uh, it's the fear of the risk yeah. and the repercussion that actually keeps people in the status quo. Yeah. So you might rise up, but what happens is bat, you know, the, like the metaphorical baton comes down, Yeah. right? So for example, when people are talking about don't pay, yeah. don't pay your bills, what happens is um, the energy companies will start sending threatening letters. We're gonna take you yeah. to court, you're gonna ruin yeah. your, your credit scoring, all that stuff. And all of that, you start to go, oh, I can't afford to lose my house because you just go there and you just go back down. So that's what sort of happens. So what I'm sensing though is that people are starting to go, well, fuck it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep going. But because what I'm seeing is more solidarity. So when you said there was community back in World War II, I almost feel like we've talked again. We talked about this is that poverty and uh, loss of income and. Yeah. Um, struggle is a leveler, right? So in many ways, it, it, it brings people 
to, to, to kind of at the same level, regardless of where you come from, your creed, your race, your, you know, your color um, or your religious beliefs or whatever. It's like, well, if we're all struggling, we're all struggling. And that's what's kind of pushing, I think, that sense of community yeah, a bit more. Just quickly to come back on that, like I always, I, I look back to like the war, yeah? And the war like brought this community spirit because the war was happening and everybody came together, right? Um, but that was against a common goal, which was at the time, you know, a different dictatorship and we were all battling against that. The problem I think that you've got is that the problem today is those that are in power of us. Mm. And they have a lot of power over us by things like censorship and, and you know, big mainstream media and the information that they give us. And so when you look at COVID, uh, when it happened at the beginning, we there was this bit of sense of community of coming together yeah, under one common goal. But then, you know, what started to happen is some of the truth came out and it was, you know, the fact that the government were making money in their back pockets out of all of this. And then they panicked, right? And they can't have that. So then they need to pit each other, pit us against each other again, because they, you know, it doesn't help those in power for for the, for the us to create community. Because when we create community, we take power yeah, back. Yeah. So, so the problem, the problem that we've got that might not have been in times gone by to sort of circle it back to the first question that you accidentally ended up asking, do we live in the worst times ever? We're under so much control now and people do, like you say, really take note of what they watch on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here and what they read on Twitter, social media and what Sky News feeds them every day. Yeah. And so that's the problem yeah. because they're not seeing the truth. Yeah in its entirety and making their own decision, they're yeah. fed certain narratives. Yeah. You know, Nick Hancock, uh, you know. Nick Hancock. What's his name? Matt Hancock. Matt Hancock. Nick Hancock's you know, the uh, TV presenter. TV presenter, yeah. But he, you know, he had a bit of an affair, but he's an all round nice guy and he yeah. made some mistakes, but we can like him and conservatives messed up, but it was a hard time. And, you know, by the way, there's lots of immigrants coming in on a boat and you should be worried about that. And if you're angry, direct your angry that. And so that's what happens. And then you have like things like humanitarian issue that we should all really, really care about if we really care about people. But the the media and those in power direct our anger towards them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, rather than us being able to look at the truth. And then we start thinking that that's the issue. Yeah. And that's the problem. And it's divide and conquer. Listen, I, I, I think that it's, it's we haven't got time to go into that deeply, but I do think that... Uh, the only way through this is is pockets of community banding together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so and and almost working outside the system because otherwise it will always power always retain its power. Yeah. It will always work to it will spend loads and loads and loads of money and resources and time to do that. And so what we're seeing in the examples we've given is people at a base human level going, Oh, we've had enough. Yeah. And they are, you know, they are um, connecting with each other. And that's really, really important. And that's, yeah. I think, the only way forward. So yeah. on that note, what a conversation. Um, we've sort of run out of time. We don't have time for uh, reasons to be reasons cheerful to be today, cheerful. which is a shame because it's been such a morbid. <laughs> uh, but uh, what we will say is the next episode is the final one before Christmas. So we'll do lots of reflections and lots of uh, reasons to be cheerful in that session. Join us there uh, for what will be another amazing episode. Enjoy this last night. Meet you, man. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya.